You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. We're starting a brand new series called Ba Humbug. And I know that that's a little uh, maybe not churchy, right? This is the Christmas season. Everybody's supposed to be excited. And if you don't know what Bah Humbug is, that is from um, Mr. Scrooge, right? Everybody know who Scrooge is? Yes. Okay. So um, I've been, I've been called that, right? I'm just going to be honest. I've been called that a few times in my life uh, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to just other holiday type things. Um, So Scrooge, Grinch, say whatever you want. This is this is what that really means for us, right? So I think that there's times, not just Christmas, but there's times in, in our life where we're just going through a bah humbug season, where we're just, we're not happy about what's going on. We are, um, we're, we're thinking through maybe a situation or a circumstance and maybe we think it's just, it's dumb or there's no purpose and we just don't want to be in that moment. And that's kind of how Scrooge was. He thought Christmas was a sham. And that's really what the word humbug means. And he just, he would say that because he just didn't believe in all the hype of, of Christmas, of everyone being happy all the time, of everyone wanting to celebrate. And he, he just didn't care about any of that stuff. And what we want to do throughout this series is we want to look at some people that were involved in the birth of Jesus. And we're going to see how in each of these circumstances that these people easily could have had a bah humbug moment because this was not an ideal situation. And we're going to see that through Scripture that the birth of Jesus, although it was the most amazing thing that could happen for the people involved, initially it had to be just a moment of of chaos, confusion, desperation, a moment of bah humbug in their life. But we're going to see how each of these people responded to that. And then that will encourage us as we go through the Christmas season to remember exactly what it means that Jesus came. Because that's what it's about. Amen. It's about the fact that God loved us so much that despite our failures, despite our sin, despite us running away from Him, He said, I love you. And I'm going to send my son Jesus to take your place. And that's what Christmas is about. So, although I don't like Christmas, and I'm just, I don't know if you've ever heard a pastor say that before, but I'm just going to be completely transparent. I'm not a big fan. And it's not that I, I don't like the commercialization, whatever that word is, right? I, I don't care about all that. I'm just lazy. So I don't like doing decorations and I don't like, I don't like Christmas shopping. I don't like any of that stuff. And, I, and I'm not a big fan of Christmas music. But here's the deal. When we think about the words to these Christmas songs, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater than us singing about the fact that God sent Jesus and we get to come and adore Him, not just at His birth, but right now in December of 2021, we get to adore Jesus. We get to have adoration for the Savior. We meet in this place every week 
so that we could lift up the name of Jesus. And we get to do that because He came to this earth as a man and He lived life and took our place on a cross. Now we can't lose sight of the reality of that. And this morning, we're going to start with Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're going to look at her story, and we're going to see how, man, when she found out that she was going to be pregnant with the Son of God, how that could have derailed her entire life. We're going to see that this this really was a bah humbug moment that she responded to in a certain way that changed the course of history. And I think that if we can dig deep into this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 1, then we're going to be able to use her experience and her response and how God used her. We're going to be able to apply that to our own life. And when we're going through these situations, we'll be able to respond similarly to the way that Mary responded. And we're going to we're going to read more verses than normal this morning, so just bear with me because I really want us to get this entire story. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. And I'm going to stop as we read and just kind of explain a few things as we go. So it says this in Luke 1 verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Let's pray. God, I pray that you speak this morning through your word. God, that the Spirit changes hearts, changes minds. And as we go through maybe a bah humbug season of our own, God, I pray that we can focus on the answer. We can focus on hope. And the hope is you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to point out a couple things here. Just in these two verses, we see something that's very profound, right? We see that Mary was a virgin. It's twice in these verses. Now, this literally means that she had had no sexual relation with any man. She was, in fact, a virgin. And that's important because she's going to have a baby. And if you kind of think about how all that works, usually doesn't work. Well, I'm going to say it never works, right? Unless you have some type of sexual relation. That's just that's just the truth. That's how anatomy works, right? That's the reproductive cycle. But we're going to see that this virgin who had never had any sexual relations becomes pregnant. And this is important because this was prophesied in the Old Testament. We see that a virgin would give birth to a son, and his name would be Jesus. His name would be Emmanuel. He would be God with us. So this is fulfilling a prophecy, right? We also see that Mary, not only was she a virgin, but she was betrothed to a man. Now, I want to break this down really quickly. There were three stages to a Jewish wedding. The first stage was engagement, and that's where fathers would agree for their son and their daughter to be married. Man, thank God that in America in 2021, our fathers don't have to agree. Amen? Because if they did, I would not be married to my wife because her father would not have agreed to allow her to marry me. But that's the, that was the first 
stage. The second stage was the betrothal. And this was a ceremony. It was an actual ceremony where the, the bride and the groom would make promises to one another. They would promise to, to stay faithful to each other. They would promise to, um, to wait on each other. They would promise to love each other. This was a ceremony that promises were made. And then the third stage was the actual marriage where the groom would actually come for his bride, usually a year after the betrothal started and at an unexpected time. So he would just show up. He would just come and take his bride and then they would be married. So they were in the second stage of this. They had made promises to each other to remain faithful to each other. And the only way to get out of this betrothal was for a divorce to take place. So this is very, very important for us to know. Because this isn't just some dating relationship. This was a relationship where they had already entered the second phase. They had already promised each other. There was already a ceremony. And if Mary was unfaithful to Joseph, if she cheated on Joseph, or if she ran from the the next phase of marriage, then she could literally be put to death because of that. So think about this, right? Here's this virgin who's probably 13, 14, 15 years old. She has made promises to her future husband to remain faithful. And now if she cheats on him, she could be put to death. She causes shame to her entire family. And she's about to be pregnant. Right? She doesn't know that yet because the angel hasn't told her. But he's about to tell her. But I want you to think about this. This is real life. This really happened. And I can't imagine this kind of situation. If we continue reading, it just gets, it gets even crazier, right? In verse 28. Says, and he came to her and said, this is the angel, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So here, here's the setup of this. Let's just say that Mary is, is excited, right, in her life. This is a time in her life where people are focused on her. She is about to be the bride. She is getting married. And I don't know if you've ever been involved in a wedding, but the bride usually does a lot of planning. There's a lot of things that go on with these weddings. So I can only imagine that Mary is doing all of the stuff that a bride-to-be would do. That she's planning who's going to be there, where's it going to be, what are we going to eat. There's a lot of stuff going on, and she's excited to be married to the most amazing man in the world, Joseph. And then this angel comes to her, and he's like, Hey, what's up, Mary? I got something to tell you. She's like, uh, first of all, I'm a little, I don't really know what kind of greeting this is. Like, who are you? What are you doing? What do you want? And then he says, hey, by the way, you're, you're about to, in your womb, have a baby. You're going to call him Jesus, and he's going to be the son of the Most High. Imagine this happening. 
this is, this is crazy, right? This is just something that is hard for us to fathom. And here we have this young girl with an angel telling her that she's going to be pregnant. While she's focused on her future husband, this future wedding, this future life that she has planned all out in her head. Because we're going to be honest, ladies, when you're young and you're thinking about marriage, you have a whole plan for your entire life. Now, I'm sorry that it doesn't usually turn out the way that you plan because insert a husband and he ruins all those plans usually. We love you and we want you to live out your dreams, but man, I know that we're going to disrupt your plans. And just to be fair, you ladies disrupt ours as well. But that's what love is, right? We allow each other to disrupt these plans and that's going to be important in this story. Three things that the angel told Mary. Number one is that she was highly favored. And what does that tell us? That tells us, and this, a lot of people don't like to say this, but Mary was an ordinary person. And I'm not saying that she wasn't an exceptional person, that she wasn't a great young lady, but we see because she was highly favored by God that God chose her. That God chose her to carry his son. And that gives us that gives us confidence and encouragement this morning to know that man, if we're living faithful lives to God, he wants to use us in the most powerful ways possible. We see as we keep reading in scripture that Mary, she knew scripture, she knew that the Messiah was coming, she knew all the stuff that the angel was telling her. She knew it was going to happen. She just didn't know it was going to be her. But she was highly favored. And the thing is, it's not just Mary. You also are highly favored. We see in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, to the praise of His glorious grace, that He favored us. He favored us. If you are following after Jesus, you are favored by Him. Because you are His son, you are His daughter, and He loves you. And He wants to use you to accomplish things that you don't even think are possible. The second thing that the angel told Mary is this, that the Lord was with her. He said, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. I know that you're a young girl. I know that you've never had sexual relations with your husband or with any other man. But don't be afraid that you're going to have a baby inside of you, even though there's no possible way for you to have a baby inside of you. Right? It's like saying, hey, I know that you're facing the most fearful thing that you could ever face, but don't be afraid. That's what God, that's what God is saying through Gabriel. Hey, don't be afraid. That God is with her. Right? It says, hey, the Lord is with you. And he gives us the same promise. We see in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Even when we're facing the toughest times of our life, God promises to be with us. And the angel wanted Mary to know, hey, I know this is, this is sounding crazy. This is going to be difficult. You're very scared, or maybe you'll get scared, but I want you to know that the Lord is with you. And then the third thing we see is that she was blessed. And the Greek word here for blessed can be translated to, to cause to be the recipient of a benefit, bestow favor on, favor highly, blessed. 
Again, Mary was chosen to be favored and blessed by God. It's not that she did anything special. She didn't earn this favor. She didn't earn this blessing. God poured and bestowed this upon her. And as followers and as children of God, He wants to do the same for you. He wants to bestow favor and blessing on you and in your life. And we see in Ephesians 1.3, it says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Because we are followers of Jesus, we too are blessed. And we're going to keep reading in verse 34, Luke chapter 1. This was Mary's response. So we've got the setup. Mary's here with the angel. The angel says, hey, you're going you're gonna to have a baby. He's pretty important. He's kind of the son of God kind of thing, right? So this is her response to that in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how would this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow, overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, Mary's response went something like this. It wasn't a doubting response. It wasn't, I have no clue what you're talking about. It wasn't, I don't believe you. This is what her response was. Her response was, Well, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. She was thinking logically, right? She was thinking, yeah, so I know all this is supposed to happen. I'm not saying I don't believe you, but I don't really understand how it's possible because I've never had sexual relations with anybody. How can I have a baby? And then the angel goes on to tell her about Elizabeth, who is now pregnant with John, and John is going to prepare the way for Jesus. And here's the, here's the thing about that story, right? Elizabeth was old. We'll just call it like it is. She was old. She was barren. She couldn't have kids. And then God sent an angel and said, hey, now you're pregnant. So the angel came with some proof, right? That, hey, if God can do this, then He can do this with you. And I want you to, to kind of let that sink in for a minute. Because if we think about all the things that we've seen God do, how could we ever think that something is impossible for Him? Because we've seen Him do a lot of stuff. Amen? We've seen Him. We've seen Him save people who we never thought would be saved. We've seen Him heal people who we never thought would be healed. We've seen Him restore marriages that we never thought would make it. We've seen Him restore children who had wandered away that we never thought would come back. We've seen Him step in and perform miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And then we get in a bah humbug season in our life and we think, well, this is impossible. And the angel says, hey, there's nothing impossible with God. And that's something that we must live out each and every day. Understanding and believing the fact that nothing is impossible with God. So Mary is, is asking a logical question. How can this be? 
The angel goes goes on to tell her, hey, the, the Spirit will overshadow you and you will then be with child. This is the same Spirit, right? The same Spirit that appeared in the Old Testament in a cloud. This is the, the Shekinah glory. This is God's Spirit overshadowing Mary. And as the Spirit of God overshadows her, she becomes with a child. This is how it's going to work. This is what the angel says. And this is also important because the prophecy was, right, that a virgin would give birth. And even though she was with a child, even though she had Jesus, the truth is that the Spirit overshadowed her and she became pregnant because of the work of the Spirit. And as believers in Jesus, I want you to know something this morning, that you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. The Spirit that people would long for before Jesus. The Spirit that people, they just wanted a glimpse of God. They just wanted a glimpse of His glory, of His Spirit. And guess what? This morning, as a believer in Him, you have that inside of you. Man, how awesome is it that because Jesus was born, because He died on a cross, because He defeated death, because He gave us a path of a relationship with God, that we get to have the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. Now, we don't deserve that. But He loves us. And as His children, we're favored and we're blessed. And He says, hey, I'll never leave you. I'm always with you. The same things that he told Mary. Now, as we as we kind of finish up this this passage, I'm going to spend just a, a little time closing this out for us because I want us now that we know the context of what what's going on here, I want us to really see the the story and maybe what was going through Mary's brain, right? So keep in mind. Because of her promises that she made to Joseph. That now being pregnant, that disrupted the plans that she had. And because of that, what if they don't believe her? Because let's be honest, right? If Ashley came to me and said, hey, I'm pregnant. I know that we've never had sexual relations before. But I'm pregnant, and it's it's God. Like God put a baby inside of me. I'd be like, yeah. Well, God puts a baby inside of everybody. But I don't believe you that you didn't have sexual relations with somebody because it doesn't work like that, right? And that's how we think, and we can't assume that they thought any differently, right? We can't assume that just because it's in the Bible that they thought differently than we think. And I can imagine as a husband and and Joseph finding this out. Him not being very happy. And if you're a guy in here and you have a wife, then you could imagine this as well, that if your wife came to you and said, hey, I'm pregnant, it's not yours, but it's no one else's. God, like, yeah, okay. For one, you're not that spiritual, so I know, right? It's not you. But let's think about how this could impact her life the shame and the scorn that she would face. If she's obedient, 
which we see that she was, then how is that going to impact her life? In this moment, all the things that she had planned are about to change. What will her family think? What will Joseph think? What will Joseph do? What's the community going to say about her? We know how communities can be, right? And this was a small town. Everybody knows everybody. You let that get out in a small town and see who doesn't know. And by the time it gets to the hundredth person, man, the story's completely different. And Mary's having triplets, right? I mean, she's, all this stuff has to be going through her brain. What are people going to think? Will I be put to death for this? Because this is something that she could be put to death for. Cheating on Joseph was punishable by death. So now, with all of these questions, we see that Mary said this in verse 38. And this is going to be our focus verse this morning. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She said, hey, I'm your servant. Let it be. Whatever you want, let it be. But I want you to know three things this morning really quickly. And number one is this, that the presence of God is disrupted. By nature, the presence of God is disrupted. Now, I don't want you to think of disruptive as like a, a small child that's just like going crazy and being destructive. I want you to think of it as the presence of God changes your plans if His plans are greater. And His plans are always greater. Mary had her whole life planned out. And then the, the presence of God disrupts her plans. And some of you, you're holding your plans so sacred that no matter what God tells you, your plans are more important. And we have to get to the place in our walk with Jesus to where His plans always trump our plans. To where His plans are the ultimate plans. And what that's going to do is it's going to disrupt. It's going to disrupt the way you think. It's going to disrupt the way you live. It's going to disrupt the way that you plan things because now we're, we're submissive to His plans and we begin to, to take steps to do what He's called us to do. The presence of God is disruptive by nature. The second thing is we must surrender our plans to His presence. And this is the hard one. We must surrender what we think to be the best to the presence of God. And to say, hey, I, this is what I want. This is what I think. Again, Mary had her whole life planned out. She's about to have a wedding. Man, this was something that she had been looking forward to. The focus was on her. God comes and disrupts those plans. And then she has a decision to make. Am I going to submit my plans to His presence? Or am I going to continue to try to live out my path instead of following after 
Jesus. And that's a decision that each of us have to make. I'm going to be honest with you. I have some really good plans. I mean, that's just the truth. I have some really good plans. But that doesn't mean that they're God's plans. And unless I submit my plans to His presence, then my plans will fail every time. And I've told you before that Impact Church is, isn't the first church plant right, that I've been a part of. Because I had plans to plant a church back in 2013. And then when I tried to live out those plans, when they weren't submitted to the presence of God, guess what happened? It failed. And I realized in that moment that it doesn't matter what my plans are if they're not submitted to the presence of God. And then we begin to to live differently because we're surrendering our plans over to Him. And He gets to mold those plans. He gets to shape those plans. He gets to throw those plans in the trash and create a new plan for us. How many of us this morning are submitting our plans to His presence? How many of us are truly walking in step with the Spirit? And a big question is, well, how do I know like, what His plan is? How do I know what He really wants me to do? And this is the best way that I can answer that question. Because I get that question a lot. And this is, and this is not going to be some big theological answer for you. But this is how I know, personally. Is that the closer that I'm walking with Jesus, the more that I know when He's telling me exactly what to do. See, when I start to question, man, is this really what God wants? Is usually when I'm not walking as close to Him as I should be. Because I truly believe with everything inside of me, that is, if we're submitting everything that we have to God, then the Spirit is going to guide and direct us and we're going to know that it's Him. And I know that's not the answer that some of you may want. Maybe you want a specific way to know when God's talking to you. And there is a specific way, right? Scripture. Like He talks to us through His Word. And if, if your plans don't align with the Word of God, then they're, they're not from Him. I mean, that's a simple way, right? If, you're, if your plans go against the Bible, then your plans are your plans and they have nothing to do with God. Because God doesn't contradict his word. But the truth is, the closer we get to him, the more we know him, the more we begin to walk with him, the easier it is for us to know when he's telling us to do something and what he's telling us to do. And then we're still going to get it wrong sometimes. We're still going to think that it's him and it's just some indigestion or something, right? Like it's going to happen. I'm not telling you that you're going to get it right every time. I'm telling you that the closer you get to Him, the easier it is. I'm not saying it's easy. The easier it is to know what He's telling you. And this morning, we're going to close with this third point. And this is a big one. But when we place our life in God, He places His life in us. Mary 
says, hey, I'm your servant, let it be. And when she places her life in God, God literally places His life in her. And He does the same thing for us. When we get to the place where we say, hey, it's, it's time. Like, I, I want to follow Jesus. It's time for me to, to start that relationship. It's time for me to, to truly submit my life to Him. And when we do that, He places His life in us by way of the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing greater. And there's nothing greater. There's no promotion. There's no amount of money. There's no relationship on earth that is greater than having that relationship with your Heavenly Father. There's nothing greater than His presence through the Holy Spirit dwelling our lives. That's what Christmas is really about. And Christmas isn't just, you're going to hear me say this the whole season, Christmas isn't just about all the decorations of And again, I'm not against that. I'm just lazy and I don't like to do it. But it's our job as the church to remind people that Christmas is about God loving us enough to save us. And the first verse that every kid learned from the Bible when I was growing up was John 3.16. The, the first verse that every single kid would learn as I was growing up. And that verse is perfect for Christmas to me because it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. He gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him, whoever puts their trust in Him, whoever puts their faith in Him, will have everlasting life. There may be some of you in this room that, man, you've been coming to Impact for a long time. You've been in church for a long time. You know the stories. You know what Christmas is all about. But here's the truth. You have to take the step of starting a relationship with Him. That's where a lot of people, they just stop at that point. Because they think that, man, church is good enough. Or I know some scripture and that's good enough. I know what Christmas is all about and that's good enough. And, and I want you to know this morning that that is not good enough. I want you to know that you have to put your faith and your trust in Him. And what that looks like is you saying, hey, I know I'm a sinner. All of us are. We've all sinned and we all fall short of God's glory and His standard. And the wages of that sin is death. We deserve an eternity in hell. But the gift of God, which started with the birth of Jesus, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. 
And we like to say here that, man, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I trust and I believe that God has done everything necessary for my salvation. But it doesn't stop. This last point is important. And I commit to follow Him wherever He leads. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.